Hey! Hey! You're listening to The Sky's the Limit with Courtney and Teresa. We're retelling stories about growing up in a white society. Thanks for joining us today. You're Courtney. You're Teresa. You ready? I'm ready. Let's get started. Please note that Courtney and Teresa's stories are raw and authentic. Explicit language is used. This is your warning. Welcome back to another episode of The Sky's the Limits. Um, On this episode, what are we at? Episode 10. Um, It may sound slightly different. I am at home and Teresa is at her home. We are actually having this conversation over Zoom. So hopefully all goes well and the quality is decent. If you hear some random squeaking, like, oh, now it's, oh, there we go. I was like, no, it's not going to make the sound. Of course. Okay. Well, if you hear random squeaking, now it's being fine. Of course. Classic. If you hear random squeaking, it just means I moved in my chair and I'm not sitting still. Shame on me, but that's okay. Um, all right. So this episode today is September 30th. Uh, we will circle back to why I specified and told you why today is September 30th, but um, I think let's just, September felt like a complete blur, like it's a blur to me, like I don't know where you're at and how you feel, but like what's been happening recently for you? Oh my goodness, yeah, September, whether it felt like the longest month or because going back to school, it all the days seem long, but then at the same time, like, I can't believe it is September 30th because, yeah, we met just at the end of August when we um, recorded the last episode when we finished the two-parter with Christopher, and we knew that the beginning of school would be busy and that we wouldn't be able to connect, but I didn't think we would be connecting at the end of September. I, I for some reason, thought that we would have time in the middle, but yeah, uh, school started, and I would say in my role, it's been pretty much like for educators, it's kind of like changing on a day or week to week basis due to depends, depending on whether um, schools have numerous students doing home learning, and then that impacts the number of classroom teachers needed, and then it's just been kind of, I guess, because this is the first time we're dealing with going to school during a pandemic, everything just seems like we're just going with it. Keep trucking along. But uh, I've been actually not feeling well the last few days. I, so I got a COVID test and, um, and we were meant to meet today, tonight, but then we, without having the results, we planned a Zoom call. But right before I found out that I am negative. So thankfully for that, I guess I had a little bit of anxiety thinking like, what happens if like a positive, t- positive result comes? And I don't know, Courtney, how about you? Have you had, like, are you, how do you feel about this whole COVID related situation of like all the numbers going up? Um, I don't know because like, People are saying different things like, well, they're testing more than they tested originally um, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, there's still like cases and no one really knows what to do and what's happening. And I feel like everyone's just running around with like their head cut off or like their hair on fire or I don't know, like just staring at walls because just no one knows what's happening. Uh, My housemate, Christopher, who y'all met the last two episodes, and as Teresa said, we actually haven't spoke or, well, we have, we've talked to each other, but like we haven't recorded since the first of September, actually. And that was the day that me and Christopher moved into our new place. So we recorded three episodes that day, um, which were all the interviews. Um, But yeah, so why I brought up Christopher, um, he had a COVID scare as well where um, someone in his class had symptoms, they stayed home, he was developing symptoms, uh, then was worried, so uh, went to get a COVID test, had to wait two days to get the results like you did, um, but then was also negative. But it was one of those things, it was like, what, 
what does happen if it's positive? And then, especially like for me, cause I was like, wait, what does that mean for me? <laughs> Which like, is fine. Like I was like, all right, cool. If I have to like chill at home for 14 days and like not leave. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I guess you so, kind of prepare yourself for that. Yeah. It's just, but it's been an interesting time and I keep asking all my teacher friends or people on the school board, like what's happening. And I know people from different school boards. So it's even funny how like not all the school boards are uh, going through this pandemic the same way using the same um, scheduling or the structure. Mm -hmm. um, so that was interesting to find out because it, it was up to school board discretion, which um, is fair enough and like does make sense because school boards should know their schools better um, than the Ontario government. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's a weird time of lots of information, but not any information. Yes, yes. I, I feel, I, especially like um, schools that maybe on the border of different school boards and I don't know if they whether they listen to the news like I imagine they would hear like two different like if it's one school board they might be doing a hybrid you know mix of remote and in class and then our school board is all in class or all remote like you have to choose one or the other but like I'm thinking if you were right in like the border between two boards and you just was only listening to your news I would think you get mixed up. There's just so much information and not really. And I would think like a lot of families, if they had a choice, I think a lot of families are choosing to stay home. Although I did send my kid and not that, you know, could I have chosen to stay home maybe, but like, I do believe it's better for him to be at school because he's been having a great time with his friends again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's been an interesting subject in itself is, do the kids stay home? Do they go to school? Do the kids stay home and learn school that they are enrolled in? Or are the kids staying home and they're now in homeschool? But not, but then if you actually look into what it's showing more, it's showing the um, discrepancies between communities and different people of socioeconomic standards and different races and like those who can just you know, be like you know what like we have resources let's homeschool yes um because homeschool isn't accessible to everyone no um, and some people don't one have the confidence or um the skill set to teach because teaching is not for everyone everyone can be a teacher in different aspects but to be like for instance an elementary school or high school teacher that is not for everyone and i think a lot of parents realize this um, especially at the beginning of the pandemic while school was still trying to be somewhat on um, and all that stuff. So we've already established that, but then it goes to show like a lot of, um, but then you don't want the resources all to, for instance, like go into homeschools or like enough people leave the school systems that private schools can kind of pop up or like, uh, like the monetized stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas then education suffers for the kids that don't have the option to stay home or to go to a different district that has better education. So then it's just like, we break about the education standard that we have, but is it really a gold standard if not everyone actually has the same access to the education? So like, there's a lot of, I, I feel like the pandemic has hopefully opened a lot of people's eyes more up to our education accessibility. Like for instance, not everyone had a laptop to learn online. <laughs> or yeah, laptop and then access to internet, like really reliable internet even, even depending on where you live. Like if you're just even in a remote, more remote area that you don't have like the reliable internet and I but I will say that I did have teacher friends during the spring when they were doing the distance learning, like they were doing their class meetings in a car in a parking lot close to Wi-Fi so that they would have good reception. And I mean, that was a, those were teachers. I just can't imagine families that may not have the 
access, do, whether it's because they live somewhere far or it's because they don't have the, the, the funds for reliable internet. So yes, there is a equity issue for sure in regards to this education. Yeah, it's just been interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess, where are you? Like, how do you feel with everything going on? You're with the school board. Um, are you like, I guess, comfortable with everything? Do you think the school should keep like, and I know, like, there might be questions, like, you can't really answer, have opinions on, but, like, do you think schools should still keep opening as they are? Like, do you agree with, like, the classroom sizes, like, expanding in numbers of children, even though you're supposed to be following social distance rules? Like, I don't know. I only, I only wish that they did, uh, because within our board, the restructuring happened this week, and even for my own son, he had to switch classrooms, and and it's because they need to um, have these classrooms at capacity. And if they kept class sizes smaller, they were, there would be more opportunities for social distancing. And then also just the fact like teaching during the pandemic, there is just a lot of mental health and um, like as much as we want to, as a teacher, you know, we know our job is to educate and teach to read and do math like there is also a need to try to connect and give these students an opportunity to share how they're feeling in regards to how they're handling this and and that just makes it more difficult when you have more students in the classroom um so i would have wished for some smaller class sizes and then uh, i know that some of our distance teachers like uh, remote learning teachers they are teaching from like an empty classroom right now. Mm -hmm. So the one beside that classroom could be like filled up to the brim of like 30 students. And then, then there's a classroom teacher who's doing their job too, distance teaching. But I feel like that teacher could have worked from home, but um, I guess I'm not in the upper up to understand why we are doing what we're doing. Although I wish that, yeah, I really do wish that the, the Ford government, when they had the opportunity to vote in for smaller class sizes, I really wish that one came through for us. So I do wish for schools to stay open for as long as they can. I, I do think it's a very important place for a lot of students, especially those students that we were just talking about have maybe their home life um, may not be as stable or structured because it's just hard for some families to be able to take off and be able to stay home with their children. So uh, a lot of students, the school is their safe place and being around people. And I think those connections are very important. So I do think we should keep schools open, but maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. it's just not as severe, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and that's like what it comes down to. 2020, hashtag I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like it's just, it's like blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I don't actually know. No one actually knows. And anyone who claims that they know, they don't know. Because there's, it's like I saw a meme the other day and I was like, y'all, is anyone wondering what like, 2020 season finale is going to be like <laughs> and if you like pay attention to like kind of series season finales are usually like pretty like action packed chaotic <laughs> oh i don't know if we could handle more action packed chaotic but let's what let's just be mindful of what's happening near the end of 2020 what's happening november to a country that is the south of us Oh, right. Yes. Well, after yesterday's presidential debate, it was, um, it makes me wonder about those, like, you know how, like, in, I don't know if you ever had to in, in your classes where you had to do debates. I mean, I didn't necessarily do a whole lot of debates, but I knew, like, there's a lot of rules that you have to follow. You would think they had to follow that. 
Well, you would think one would allow one to speak. <laughs> like, at one point, Biden's literally just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, he did not denounce white supremacy. He was full out asked, and he called them after asking, what are we calling them? He called them proud boys. Yeah. Step back and stand by. So it's saying like, ease off for now, but stay ready. But like diet down a little bit because I have an election coming up. Right. But like, I'll give you the, like the thumbs up to like when to ramp it up again. Like it's crazy. Like how can you have a president who will not denounce white supremacy? And where the term proud boys, why, why those words? Are you asking me why Donald Trump does or says anything? <laughs> you're trying, to, you want me to logically or even attempt to say anything about that? Like what? Yeah, I know. I don't know. This is just doesn't make 2020's sense. 2020's got to you. <laughs> <laughs> it really has. Like, I don't, like, I, I just don't even know, and, like, so I guess, um, a little segue into what's been going on with me. Like I said, we moved into a new place September 1st, so I guess we've been in here for a month now, which is exciting, but it's been a lot, um, moving to new places, trying to furnish it, trying to get things together, um, I also was in the midst of, like, buying a new car, I got the new car, um, went to get it safetyed and then found out there was more issues with it than I expected. Um, got a mechanic friend to help me out, but then they got delayed and la la la. So it's like I have all these projects that I'm like, they're so close to being complete, but they're not. So it's a lot of like unsettledness and then like, um, like an uneasy feeling, but it's not an uneasy feeling. Like I don't know how to actually put it into words because like, there's just some things you can't put into words or I right now can't put into words, which is okay, which is fine. Um, but um, if you kind of been following along, I've also been like, keep like, I'm still like high and obviously not high, but <laughs> actively and high up within the Uplift Black organization as the director of operations. So we've still been like actively working a lot right now behind the scenes so we can, um, move forward we had things in the works um and having to like ship them around and reschedule and we have a lot of bright and big ideas it's just one getting funding um and two getting all our ducks in the row and like crossing our t's and dotting our i's um to make sure like our foundation is solid before we really like expand um so doing all that is it's just kind of funny because like I was talking to some friends and I was like, yeah, most people like when they do changes in their life, they don't usually do it all at once. Like obviously some things <laughs> do, but usually like if someone's like moving to a new place, they're just moving to a new place. Like right. they're not like in the midst of like in a new career that they didn't even know that they're applying for <laughs> or like trying to like find like, um, yeah, just like a lot of just uncertainty and then like just dealing with the pandemic and COVID and like 2020 and everything on top and then everything that's been happening in the world and just been like, it's like, I haven't had time to just sit with everything that's happened in the last like three months um, since like the end of May and onwards. Like it's been a lot and it's been heavy, but it's just like, one thing happens and then literally like the next day or even the same day something else happens so it's just like you keep getting hit with like wave after wave like after wave and um the other day like i recently uh just released like a new blog um and did you have a chance to read it Teresa? yes i did i i was like expecting one of your stories but it was a beautiful poem i really enjoyed reading it yeah, and I'll kind of actually dive more into it to kind of explain it. Um, it's not even, like, too long. And when I was writing it, I thought, like, do I actually explain myself more or do I just leave it for what it is and I let people take it for what they want it to take it as? Can I, can I give, like, 
a bit about what I think, and then I could be completely wrong, or you can <laughs> you can totally correct. You could tell um, your version. Yeah, so, go for it. So when I read it, I feel like you're sorry. What's the title of the poem again? Oh my goodness, I just read it. It's just where. Where? Okay, so you're like, where are you? Where am I? I'm still here. Like, I feel like for me, it seems like it's all the work that you've been doing with Uplift Black in regards to just giving the voice to the Black community in our area. And, and it has gone a little bit quiet, gone silent. Uh, maybe not silent, but been more quiet, but you're still there. You're st like, you just said, you're working a lot in the background and like, just because it's not like in the forefront doesn't mean we forget about it and we need to still keep working on it. I don't know. That's where I was going. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. That's awesome. And, and that's, I guess, one of the beautiful things and, um, our Black Art and Aesthetics uh, coordinator, Sean George, uh, has reminded me like recently um, that um, something that he has learned and like what he was taught and what he, uh, what someone told him was that the art ends when you like, what you want or what you think a piece is going to be, whatever it is, whether it's like painting or like visual or it's like, a poem or it's like even um, written words, like the word spoken, like written word poetry, like the, am I saying it correctly? Anyways, people understand what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> but uh, what he's trying to say is that like, once you kind of finish that piece, it's done. Like what you want from it is done. Like, it, and it's then up to the world, how they take it and how they interpret. So like, I can say this was my intention and this is what I wanted, but it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because art is how you view it and how it affects you and how it moves you or how it challenges you or how it stumps you. Um, so just like knowing that, having like that kind of popped in the back of my mind as I was hearing what you got out of it and like what you thought it meant. Um, so I'll kind of briefly like read it and then explain what I got because a lot of it was like visuals or like uh, physical experiencing it kind of thing um so it's just like where it's been a while since you've been here where did you go we've missed you where did i go i've been here didn't you hear me haven't you seen me i've been here i've been screaming at the top of my lungs you didn't hear the sound so that's essentially like um just talking about it in the sense that Sometimes like it feels like you're saying things you're doing, you're like saying things you're speaking or it's like when you have those dreams where it's like you're screaming but no sound is coming out or like your sound is muffled or, or it kind of sounds like you're underwater and no one can actually really hear you. So like you're speaking, you're saying, but it's like no one's listening. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the opposite is like this whole time we sp we're supposed to be amplifying voices, but like and then also on the other side of that, what actually got into me, it's just like, I lost my voice because it was no, I, I didn't use it. So it's like one of those things, like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm. So it's like, if people can't hear me, why do I still have a voice in that sense? And then like, it continues on and I repeat myself and I say, it's been a while since you've been here. Where did you go? Where we've missed you. And it's like, I just told you, I've been here. Can't you hear me? Can you see me? I'm still here. I've been banging on the walls. Don't you see the bruises? And for that, like, I actually thought of banging on walls and then the wall kind of turns into like water, but like it doesn't splash anywhere. But it's just the fact that like, if you go under the water and you bang, nothing really happens. Like there's no sounds. No so impact. Kind of, pardon? There's no impact. There's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you can still be exhausted. Yeah. But like, there's like nothing, it's like they can't hear you. And then it's repeated again. It's like, it's been a while since you've been here. Where did you go? We've missed you. And it's like, can you say that again? I can't hear you. What happened to the sound? What's going on here? Can you see that I'm here? I've always been here. And so I've experienced this, like, I think it was last week, I was sitting outside and then all of a sudden, I just like lost a part of my hearing ability. And 
sound just went completely muffled. So like um, Christopher was talking to me and I like was kind of like, I can't hear what you're saying. Like, I don't know what's happening. And it was, like, it was like a weird sensation and it didn't last long, but it was like kind of like that. It was just like, but it's like, if you think about it, like every time you kind of get sick, when you kind of get blocked up, what happens? You can't hear properly. And you're just like, wait, what? Like, sorry. And like, it's just like a weird, uncomfortable like feeling, but you're just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm talking loud. Like, can you hear me? Like, I don't like, it's just like, you just don't know. It's just like, if some, if you lose your sense of smell, like you, a lot of times you also lose most of the taste because they depend on each other. Um, and then it, and then again, repeats itself. It's been a while since you've been here. Where did you go? We've missed you. I've, and like for this, like it was literally, it was just like, I, the kind of like, what's the point? And before I had actually um, shared it, I got my, I got Christopher to read it to see what their opinion would be. And they were talking about, it's like, yeah, like sometimes like when people are asking like how you feel, like you tell them, but like, they just don't listen to you. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, I can tell someone like, Hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then it's like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but can you do this for me? And uh-huh. like, Wait, what? So it's kind of like that, or it's kind of just like, um, where people are like, Oh, where have you gone? Like, what have you been up to? It's like, what do you mean where I've gone? Like, I've been here. Like you just, just because you haven't talked to me or messaged me, doesn't mean like, I've gone anywhere but then um and I heard what they had to say and I appreciate it but then afterwards I asked a question and I said who said I'm talking I said who said I'm not talking to myself and then as soon as I said that you could see like a light bulb go off like in their head and it was just like wait yeah it's like talking about yeah like we, we always go to find ourselves. We've lost ourselves, but it's just like, no, like I'm here. Like, and it's like that saying that, like, I've, I'm slowly understanding more and more and more as I grow and experience. It's just like, wherever I am, wherever I go, there I am, wherever you are there or wherever you go, there you are. Yes. Oh, I never would have, I didn't get that. I envisioned uh, you speaking to other people. And it, and it was one of those things that maybe I started that way, but at the end of the day, how you feel and how the outside world kind of perceives you or like how you feel they perceive you or whatever, sometimes that's your own, you're, you're your own prisoner trapped inside yourself. So yes. a lot of like, for instance, like I know, like, like if I feel like bloated or like heavy and then someone's like, oh, like, um, like they might make a weight comment or something, even though people should like stop talking about people's weight. But like, do you know what I mean? Like they might make a comment and then I'm like, oh my God, like this person thinks this and this. Or like, for instance, um, I'm having a bad day. And then someone's like, are you okay? Like you look sick. And it's like, no, I'm just tired. Like, but thank you. Like, and like people kind of be like, oh cool. So I look like shit. But <laughs> you're like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Like if someone's like, hey, you look tired. Like, are you okay? Like they're being like, hey, I see something's wrong. I care to ask. But if you're in a bad mood, you'd be like, like, no, like, blah, 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 like what? Or like, it's like, oh, hey, you look so good today. And then someone could be like, what? I didn't look good yesterday. It's one of those things. Like you take things, how you feel things. And right. I know personally with me, when I'm kind of like struggling on the inside and like, it's hard to catch a breath between the waves and stuff like that, I allow more toxic behavior to happen on the outside. So for instance, like I allow myself to be around someone who's really toxic for me and someone I shouldn't be around and someone I know should treat me better. And I know I deserve to be treated better, but it's one of those things. It's easier for me to be like, yeah, this is why I'm upset. This person, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's kind of like, I used to say, I'd rather be punched than some of the stuff that I experienced, because if I get punched, you can see the bruise left on my um, arm. Or like, if I break a wrist, you can be like, oh, you have a broken wrist. Like we need to kind of accommodate or like understand that like Courtney's not at the same ability because like her wrist is injured. But a lot of like all that stuff is so, but like then look on the other side, like a lot of the stuff that I went through was all internalized. I was silently fighting and no one knew because no one could see physically on the outside that anything was wrong. And I was still kind of showing up where I needed to show up. And every so often, if you actually paid a close attention to me, you saw me break character. Like there'd be friends who'd be like, hey, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing's wrong. And they're like, no, no, something's wrong, like blah, blah, blah. 
But in reality, I just took a break. I took a break before I like picked up the weight again. And I was like, <sighs> and they saw me when I was just like, oh, I just need a second. But it's like all that stuff. But like when things happen to me, and I don't know if I'm going on a tangent, but when things happen to me, I'm my hardest critic and my hardest analyst. So like, I don't actually care what people say about me because what I've already said about, and this is like before I mean, I've really worked on this and like become my own best friend, but it's like, I used to say 10 times things worse than what someone else could ever say to me. So like, it's a lot of that stuff. It's just like, it's like, where are you? Where have you been? Blah, blah, blah. We've missed you. Where are you? Where have you been? So it's like, no, no, no. It's like the voice inside or it's like that little child inside. It's like, no, no. Hey, like I'm here. I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, how can you not see me? Like, I'm here. Like, I've been waiting. It's just like, I'm here. Like, just look at me. Like, hear me. Like, see me. Like, I'm here. Like, we didn't lose. Like, you didn't lose me. Like, we're still here. I love that. I love that analogy. Actually, uh, I definitely, well, now that you've explained it, I feel like I can completely relate and connect. And um, when it comes to being like, who's a harsher critic, I am definitely the most hardest critic on myself as well. Uh, it's definitely something I am working on. And I remember telling my therapist, like thinking, actually, it was like a couple session with my husband and, you know, uh, like he could be harping me on something and I'd be like, I don't need you to say that to me because I would say it to myself like 10 times worse because I, that's just how I react to things. Um, well, I feel like then that must have been a reflective piece for you, Courtney. Did it, like once you posted it and shared it, was there a little bit of weight off your shoulders? Um, it was just kind of like, it was like, do I actually explain it more? Or do I go deeper? Because I could have wrote things differently and I could have went more descriptive. But then I was like, I'll just write it right now as it is and see how it goes. And then some people, well, not some people, just the people who have told me that they really loved it was awesome. And then maybe, I guess, those people who loved it and then if they hear this, they might read um read it to see if they pick up any difference but it's also one of those things that like it doesn't again it doesn't really matter what i wrote it's what did you take from it what mm -hmm. did you feel about it and even if it's just like hey i don't know but it feels like i should just like maybe reach out more like support more like maybe like i'm it made you think of a friend you haven't talked to in a little bit yeah or something like even that's cool that's awesome. If that's actually all you got from it. If all you got from it was like, oh, I haven't talked to like Bethany. I should message Bethany. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But if you didn't get anything else from it, then I guess it wasn't for you to get anything from it or you don't want to allow yourself to get anything from it. Because it's also one of those things that we do have that choice of letting an experience ex be experienced or denying the experience and dragging our feet along the whole way and so yeah like it's just this summer has been a lot it's been heavy um school going back has been a lot it's been heavy um it's 2020 has just been a lot and it's been heavy but it's also one of those things that like there's been a lot of beautiful moments Mm -hmm. And like I said before, like, it's about finding joy while sitting in the dark. Like, sh stars shine the brightest because of the darkness. So, like, you can find your strength or, like, your will or, like, your drive from it. But it's also, like, you don't, we don't need to experience all this trauma to have growth. Like, we don't need to be like, oh, well, that's life. It's like, no, but it doesn't have to be. Like, life doesn't have to be traumatic. No. But if we have, like, national or international leaders who refuse to denounce inhumane treatment of humans, and that's across the board. That's not just talking about the states. Like, um, let's circle back to September 30th. So today is September 30th. Mm -hmm. um, for those that don't know, now you will know, today is Orange Shirt Day. So, Teresa, do you, did you know what Orange Shirt Day was, and uh, is it talked about at school as a teacher? It is talked about at school. Uh, I'm trying to think how, how many years we've, been, we've done it. Uh, 
it's interesting because like I've de definitely done it for a few years now and so Orange Shirt Day September 30th and uh, we talk about Phyllis's story. Phyllis is the one who wrote the book or the story of like her orange shirt, how she was wearing this beautiful orange shirt and then she had to, it was taken from her when she started residential school and and for her the orange shirt was it was hers it was something she 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 found like happiness from like and then to think like this of course the story of like residential schools and how really the last school that closed was 1996 and then i was reading like a twitter feed of how like one person was just saying like how they went to that school and then there was like thousands of people that ended up responding how they were in residential schools and like this is not like way back long time ago this is this is recent and there is definitely trauma that is being dealt with, like being handled for our indigenous community. But yet, I don't necessarily think like having one day, orange shirt day is enough. Like there's still so much to do. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you are sharing some wonderful words through your social media about orange shirt day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, so I just described what Orange Shirt Day was. I used words um, that were made in a post by their, um, hold on, I just want to make sure I say this correctly, because I always mix up this acronym. Um, stand by. Okay, so the Barry Native Friendship Center. Sometimes I switch uh, Native and Barry around, so I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, so the Barry Native Friendship Center made a post about Orange Shirt Day, um, and I used a description in one of the posts that they used, uh, just saying what the day was about and how it's about like awareness and education and talking about residential schools and what happened. And we remembered um the ones that never made it out alive we remember the survivors remember um those that are still are experienced their effects from it and of course they're still experiencing the effects of it because it's still recent like it wasn't until 2015 that it was finally declared that residential schools were was a cultural genocide mm -hmm. like it like it was unbearable, the treatment, the sexual abuse, the physical abuse, the I'm assuming like the verbal abuse, the psychological abuse, children going and not coming back, um, children running away and dying. Like it was just disgusting what Canada did. And when you read more into it, then you like add in apartheid, apartheid looked to Canada. Like we gave apartheid in South Africa inspiration. Mm -hmm. Because we treated our indigenous people that disgustingly that we inspired further hate and destruction and murder and blood on our hands. So I, I am fully supporting and standing beside my Indigenous brothers and sisters. Their fight is my fight and it's all our fights. And all children, all like every child matters. Every child matters. And we have to make sure that every child matters. And it's just like, just because residential schools closed and the last one closed in 96, don't get it twisted that anything got better or like things change. This, a different oh. system took over. This is like, look at the child welfare system. Yes, the foster care system. I was, re yes, I, I think this was on Christopher's feed and the percentage of uh, children in the foster care set foster care is mainly well i don't know the exact numbers but like mostly indigenous children so mm -hmm. just because this, these children are not in what you know organized structure school with nuns and priests like 
they are also they are still so so impacted and you know it's interesting because like we we ask families to self-identify whether you know their first nation um metis or inuit and then i know there are a lot of families that don't because there is such a there's so much trauma when it comes to thinking about our public school system whether we're doing something for them or are we taking something from them because that's their that's their history like they've the, the fact, it's not even like their history a lot of those issues and those things are their current realities realities yes and it's really yeah it's heartbreaking and oh i don't now i was gonna say you said something about now i forgot about it that's okay. Keep talking. <laughs> um, I don't know if I had anything more to say on that. But yeah, so um, I bought uh, t-shirts this year from the Very Native Friendship Center that are orange, obviously, and it says, every child matters. And I took a picture of myself and I made a post because initially I like I did a story just because I needed someone to take a proper picture of me. Like I didn't want to take a selfie for it. Um, but I was like, a story is cool, but like a post, like it, it's lasting, like it's staying, like I'm saying, no, this is worthy to stay on my Instagram feed. Um, and not saying other things aren't worthy, but it's just like, sometimes you got to make posts and not just do stories, but do what you got to do any way possible. I just felt that I should make an actual post and not just share it to my story for 24 hours. Yes. And for those who new to Instagram, yes, that is, you, you do notice like some Instagrammers, like they may post more stories than posts in the posts. And um, I do think what you posted and you, sh yeah, you shared it in your story and then you shared it on your face. Like it was shared on Uplift Black as well. I think that was a great image, the great visual. Uh, and I honestly, like, you know, like you said, we're standing with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. It's not like, as you try to amplify voices for the Black community, it's not like you are also saying, like, Indigenous voices don't, don't matter. Like, all, anything in regards to, like, inequity, marginalization, like, I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's like trying to give people the voice and i actually uh, was following this doctor now i don't have her name i don't have my notes <laughs> this is my uh been off for three days and my brain is not really working um but she was sharing how it's so important to share our stories and which that's what we're doing through our podcast but she calls it a critical autobiography and through that there is there's so much healing that can happen mm -hmm. and, you, and you could do it from kindergarten and sh uh, she shared a book it's called everyday anti-racism anti that i'm gonna look into so maybe next time i once i get the book we may have conversations about that yeah and that's awesome and yeah no that does make sense and you can like i can amplify and black voices i can say black lives matter i can do work to help raise black communities um but doesn't mean i can't do the same for indigenous people or other minority groups or the 2s lgbtq pnia plus community like i can do it all like i can fight for everyone at the same time or for people who aren't getting equal treatment like and that's what they tried to do is that they tried to divide because if you divide then you one like the noise is kind of reduced because you've thinned out the masses whereas like if we all come together and all stand with each other we're so much stronger and especially with like um black and indigenous that story, the history, the experience, the trauma, the journey is so interwoven and so intertwined 
and like we've all been replaced or land stolen or just like been forced and tried cultural genocide. Like those two communities and the people all have that shared common ground. So like, yeah, of course it makes sense that you're gonna see, um, well, especially like I can only, I guess, really speak for myself and I can speak for Uplift Black because this is what we stand behind, um, is that, yeah, we're gonna be in solidarity with the indigenous community because like in one of parts of our articles and corporations is that we talk about um, what we're going to do to help, um, sorry, I just can't properly say the word right now, um, reconciliate? Oh, I said it. Yeah. Reconcile. That's what I was actually looking for. Never mind. Haha, ha, jokes on me. I can't say it. Anyways, um, that we're, we're going to do our part to reconcile and to make sure that we honor Indigenous people and what they've been through because Indigenous voices have always mattered, will always matter, and do matter. And to be honest, like how things are going, I think a lot of people are waking up and slowly realizing the only way to really save our earth and like to get it back, to get it better and like to be as one is that we have to honor and listen to our indigenous communities across the world globally. Because we're realizing like, like for instance, like look at the California fires, oh. look how bad they are. When they talked about initially the indigenous population told them you have to do controlled burns you burn a little to protect more mm -hmm. you have to do this and then they were banned from doing controlled burns they said it was illegal for indigenous people to do controlled burns fast forward to 2020 and like obviously before 2020 they yeah. realized they should have been doing controlled burns the whole time. Oh my God, who knew? If only someone would have told them that control burning will help save forest and prevent bigger fires. If only someone told the white people what to do and how to protect and honor the land. Oh my gosh, like, oh, these poor white people having to be living their lives without direction and guidance <laughs> oh, must be so exhausting but anyways um i don't know how long we've actually been recording because i realized that obviously zoom just tells us we're recording um, oh. it's nine o'clock now we started to talk just after eight so i'm gonna guess that this is a long episode and uh, we were talking before, and I just think where with where everything is that I think we do kind of need to take a break um, and just sit with. Well, for me personally, like I need to just sit with and just like, just like, ah, like just unwind and like take a break and like unload because like a lot has happened and a lot is still happening and. Absolutely. I'm trying to do so much and it's like you just have to know your boundaries and like when to pull back because um burnout is real and like the co like living a pandemic is real like there's extra like it's hard for every well I'm not going to say it's hard for everyone because I don't know if it's hard for everyone but I'm a, it should like it's hard for me it's hard for a lot of people in my life so like <laughs> yeah it's hard for me it's hard for, yep it's, it's been hard i would say um this is a great opportunity to take a break we're on episode 10 it was our first season we will get back together if you listeners have enjoyed listening and enjoyed hearing our stories and feel like you want to share your story please reach out to us we are we'll, we will have you on for season two yeah um so i guess um before we sign off for season one any final thoughts about i guess what season one i guess maybe um what you thought going into season one and then obviously what season one actually became like final thoughts about that yeah going back to our very first 
Zoom call. <laughs> uh, you know, I honestly didn't think, I knew we were going to share our stories, but man, what I ended up learning and how I become more informed in regards to the colonialism and all, like, even with all the marginalized groups that like it's just opened my eyes and I am so thankful that we've had this opportunity. So uh, I just thank you, Courtney. Thanks for saying that. Thank you. Um, I guess same question to me. Same question to you. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I had no idea what this was going to be and what this was going to look like. Because um, like we've said before, I just kind of said yes, not knowing what you're even wanting to do. <laughs> um, so I guess I didn't really have any high hopes or expectations. Like I was like, cool if like one person listens. Um, but we've had like a solid like reoccurrence of people listening. Like we're usually over 10 listeners on every recording. Yes. Not like it matters anyways, because a lot of this is for me. It's, well, not a lot of this. This is for me and you. Like, obviously we need this and we started this for a reason. And it's been awesome. The feedback that we have been getting that other people are benefiting from listening to us and just um, how they do appreciate the raw and honest and like in real time, no edits. Um, kind of style that we've established and like how we get a lot of feedback about how they can feel the chemistry between us and like we have a natural like um bond and like you can feel like yeah like we've created a good atmosphere and people are appreciating it mm -hmm. um, so that's always good but I guess maybe I didn't realize how taxing and emotionally tolling it would be on me but it's also you have to take into consideration literally everything else. <laughs> so it's not like, I don't know if it was actually the podcast or is this the fact that like everything was taxing <laughs> and a lot of emotional labor. And yeah, it was fun. Like the great conversations and even just sparking my curiosity and like coming, like having my questions. Cause I'm a person that always have questions that always has questions. So it's been awesome that like you, even though you always sometimes get thrown off on my questions, you still welcome them. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> well then, I guess this ends our season one. This is The Sky's the Limit. With Courtney and Teresa. Thanks everyone, see you next season. Bye.